Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons podcast, where today I watched the Beetlejuice animated series with my friend Marcy King. Marcy uses she/her pronouns. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm here if you need to talk. I've got my own uh, fair share of of shit going on right now. Can Can I swear in this? Yeah, absolutely. You can nice. do it. And you can talk about fucking cartoon characters and it's encouraged, in fact. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I forgot that a whose lot. podcast I was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've seen my Twitter feed, right? Like, <laughs> if this show was safe for work, that would be uh, weird. That'd be very strange. <laughs> Marcy, today we are going to be talking about the Beetlejuice animated series. I'm very excited about this episode. Oh, yeah. I grew up watching this cartoon. Yeah, I, I got to see it when it was in reruns on Cartoon Network in the UK. And uh, so I, like, I rarely got to see it because it was like kind of just like a way for them to fill the daytime schedule with like new shows. But whenever I did see it, it always was like a super, super energized, super energetic cartoon. And I'd never seen the movie, so I assumed it was also a very faithful interpretation of who Beetlejuice was. <laughs> My idea of Beetlejuice as a character was kind of built around this show, which was the majority of it, but also, like, because I hadn't seen the movie, my only exposure to the original property was those amazing action figures that were out at the same time that seemingly had nothing to do with the movie or the show. Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to see, like, in the 80s and 90s, this trope of like taking an r-rated movie or like a really edgy pg-13 movie and turning it into a cartoon for kids you know like we had robocop we had beetlejuice we had um rambo and the forces of freedom (laughs) and i think that the the common theme between all all of these is that they miss the point entirely of the original property like in this one it's really strange because you have like beetlejuice you know this ageless demon who in the movie tried to marry a 15-year-old girl against her will to, like, solidify himself in the mortal world. In the cartoon, she's in seventh grade, 
and they're best friends and they just hang out all the time and he's not making sexual advances on her. He's just kind of like a hool again. He's just a goofball. He's totally nerfed for the show. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about his power level, though. Do you think he's more or less powerful in the show than he would have been in the movie? He comes off in the show as like a lot more cowardly. That's true. In the movie, everybody seems to be like afraid of him, like afraid either of his power or of just his manic, crazy energy and unpredictability. In the show, everybody's just kind of like, oh, this guy's annoying. Like, we don't want him around. He sucks. Yeah, he's just an irritating neighbor with like a really, really literal pun-based sense of humor. Yeah. Oh, the puns in the show are just like off the chain. Not great, generally. (laughs) I think I've managed to pinpoint where I get my, I don't know if I would call it love, but my compulsion towards just really awful puns. Mm -hmm. So we watched a few different episodes, each of us. Which episodes did you watch? What happened to them? Because I know that we both watched the first one, right? Yeah. So I checked out the first episode of each season. I checked out the babysitter one. Um, I checked out the first episode of the second season, third and fourth season. There was four seasons of this show? Four seasons, yeah. I did not know that somehow. I thought, because it ran for two years, I thought there was only two. No, four seasons, and apparently it like changed networks for the fourth one. Wow, just like my favorite hotel. Four <laughs> seasons. <laughs> I, I'm more of a La Quinta gal myself. Do we get mm-hmm. paid for that? I don't that? think I've ever been to a four seasons. I don't, I've never <laughs> been to one. <laughs> So what happened in the episodes that you watched? We, we'll, we'll talk about the babysitter one in a little bit because we both watched that one. But I'm curious about the episodes that I didn't see. So the one that like sticks with me the most is the first episode of the fourth season. Uh, first of all, it has a completely different intro animation wise. It's still the same theme tune. Right. A completely different animated intro. I think it's actually a little bit better. The animation in it is definitely like a step up. I think that I've seen the one that you're talking about, unless there's a bunch of them, but definitely like the first frame of the new animated series is like, oh, okay. Now they sort of bumped up the production budget and then it keeps going and you're like, oh no, it's still, it's it's pretty cheap. (laughs) They clearly blew the uh, animation budget in the intro. It was an interesting, like kind of meta episode where Beetlejuice has a TV show and he's trying to keep ratings up. Okay. That's fun. And to get ratings on his show, he brings in famous dead figures from history. Mm -hmm. And he interviews them and everyone hates the show. So through some logic, he's going to be fed to sandworms if his show doesn't do well. I'm not really sure how the TV world works. I assume that's a normal thing. That seems like a recurring theme in the the TV show, is that every episode, the stakes of the situation is if he fails at babysitting, he's going to be fed to sandworms. If his TV show fails, he's fed to the stand... That's hard to say. Fed to sandworms. (laughs) He's so terrified of these sandworms that he somehow manages to outsmart every time. I don't know. maybe Maybe it's a traumatic experience each time and he just doesn't remember it. That's true. I thought that in the first episode, he sort of overcame his fear and he was like, now I'm 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 over it. Like, this will never come up again. And then it's a constant in his life. It's just a recurring motif. There is a later episode. I can't remember if it was the first of the second or third series where he has to be like reminded that he's the ghost with the most. And that 
other list of things that he's told that he is mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. boost his confidence. <laughs> yeah, the the plots in the show are really crazy. Like we both watched the babysitter episode. Um, I watched one where Beetlejuice tries to enter a beauty pageant. And they won't let him do it because he's a man. So he dresses up like a woman and they still don't let him do it. And then he like convinces everybody else that they all need to argue that they should be allowed to enter the beauty pageant. And then he gets into it and he loses. And that's the whole episode. Okay, so a very faithful adaptation of the source material. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that was a strange episode because there was a lot of like weird transphobia sort of and like this weird element of like like if we let beetlejuice in then who else is gonna try and get in here you know everybody all all of these men just want to be part of this beauty pageant and it's like okay so did like transphobes just watch the beetlejuice cartoon in south park and the simpsons to learn all of their talking points because like jesus fucking christ that episode is basically jk rowling's first writing credit Uh uh-huh yeah got her Take that. Yeah, nailed her. She's going to be so <laughs> hurt by that. She definitely listens to this podcast. You just have this sobering moment when you're in the middle of watching the Beetlejuice cartoon where you're like, I'm watching a cartoon where Beetlejuice and Lydia, the girl who he again tried to force to marry him against his will. We won't be forgetting that in this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm watching the two of them go to visit Beetlejuice's parents. <laughs> Uh, I did watch that one too. Yes. Okay. That was a lot. Just like that, that sobering moment of like, now I'm watching this happen. And I remember the movie. I watched it like two weeks ago. And I feel like if I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, I'd be like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Like Beetlejuice is wacky. Lydia is kind, but emo, you know, this is true to their characters. And then you watch this show and you're like, okay, well, maybe not so much. What did you think of the Beetlejuice's parents episode? Well, I thought it was really interesting that he has his mother's eyes, a very big focus on how he smells. Yeah, that's true. They really want us to know that Beetlejuice just smells like shit. (laughs) Just constant reminders in this show. Pretty much every episode I watched had some reference to how bad he smells. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was kind of, kind of interesting that in this like afterworld, or not, not afterworld, what's it called? In the, in their... Neither, Neither world. world. Yeah. You still have to go and get a job. It's still capitalism. Yeah, well, that's kind of true to form in the movie because the movie, the whole thing is like this entire middle world purgatory place is like a a very like bureaucratic, like you have to go fill out a bunch of paperwork to actually move on to the afterlife. You know, you're stuck in a place for 200 years and you can only go ask for assistance twice or something like that. So it makes sense that in that world you would have to go work down at the Frankenstein factory or something like that makes sense. I guess a weird element to Beetlejuice's parents is that you would think that they would be like cruel, you know, like Beetlejuice would turn out the way that he is because his parents are assholes, but no, they're very nice. And the only thing is like his mom wants him to wash himself more because he smells like shit. And his dad wants him to get a job somewhere. His mom is like a little bit of a neat freak. It seemed like, yeah, that seems like her, her only personality trait is that his mom loves to clean and forces her son to clean. But I was a little bit confused. Like, what are, are they all the same race or is he like a mix between like a Frankenstein and something else? So I guess his dad is a Frankenstein and his mom is maybe a zombie. 
Okay, that makes sense. And he's a demon, as stated multiple times in the movie, so, like... It's cartoon logic. I think that they could have put a little bit more thought into, like, what Beetlejuice's parents would be like. Like, if they really have to tell us about Beetlejuice's parents, it shouldn't be an 11-minute episode where their only character traits are, like, he likes to work and she likes to clean and they wish he would work and clean himself more. Honestly, it makes sense. He's obviously grown up never having to work, never having to clean anything. So the fact that he doesn't know how to get a job or how to keep himself clean, I don't know, it kind of it kind of makes sense to me. Well, I mean, and also Beetlejuice seemingly has a job. Like when we watch him in the movie, his job is he's got like a like a TV ad that plays on the TV. He's got a whole business set up, you know, like everybody knows about him in the afterlife. Like it seems like he he shouldn't have to go shovel manure. He already has a whole business set up. Yeah, he's he's just kind of like a contractor in, in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of the movie, I know we talked about it a little bit, but this is very, very different from the film. The characters played by Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis don't show up or even seem to have existed at any point in time in this story. It's really strange because it's like, well, I guess that this is an alternate universe where... Lydia just met Beetlejuice. There was no creepiness going on. They just became friends. I don't know. Like, there's a point in one episode where she's riding her bike and she rides through the tunnel that Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis died on. And it's like, okay, so they're they're obsessed with, like, referencing the film and, like, the darkness of the movie and things that are different between the movie and the cartoon, but not really in any kind of a way that answers the questions that we have about it, you know? I think the biggest connection to the movie is perhaps the uh the love of vaguely tropical music that kind of permeates the show at least in those like early early episodes and seasons it's true they love singing the banana boat song oh yeah remember this part from the movie that you liked well we're gonna do it a a whole lot just constantly doing it oh yeah great uh great public domain songs about just really chill subject matter I wonder what rights they were able to retain here and what they weren't. Because Lydia doesn't look like Winona Ryder, really. And Beetlejuice looks similar-ish to his movie counterpart. Like, in the cartoon, he's got blonde hair and purple skin. And it's like, that's not really iconic Beetlejuice. Like, that's very strange that they wouldn't be able to make his hair green, you know? I do think that the uh, the overall design of Beetlejuice, well, it's... Fairly removed from how he looks in the movie. I think uh, I think it's a good character design. I, I gotta say, yeah, though they don't bear much resemblance to, like, the original, you know, actors and actresses. Like, I think they kind of hit it out of the park with the overall designs of the main characters. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely fun and he's definitely, like, very expressive and very gross. Like, he loves to smile and, like, show you all of his, like, disgusting wooden rotten teeth or whatever oh his teeth are the best (laughs) and i mean the thing is that this cartoon is generally really enjoyable like i watched like five or six 11 to 22 minute episodes and i did like most of them but some of them you just like you turn on and tune out immediately some of the characters in this show are very shrill there's a lot and hard to watch and listen to yeah there's a lot of yelling and it's like When Lydia's not around to sort of balance things out and make it less yelly and more like I'm a human being and I am confused, explain to me what's happening, it it gets off the rails pretty fast. Um, One of the episodes that I watched was called The Really Odd Couple, 
And I couldn't tell you what happened in that episode because it was boring and there was a lot of screaming <laughs> and uh, Beetlejuice was being annoyed by somebody that was even more annoying than him. That guy had a cowboy hat and a dog. Oh, yeah. I couldn't tell you anything else about him. There's that whole like side cast of characters that they came up for. There's like a French skeleton. There's a spider. There's like the cowboy gossamer from Looney Tunes. Yeah, and it kind of seems like they introduce all of those characters to, like, replace Lydia. In the beauty pageant episode that I watched, Lydia didn't show up at all, and it was just Beetlejuice and all of his his new friends. Same with the TV show episode. And, yeah, without Lydia, the entire episode was just screaming. Which, you know, kids love. That's what kids love. Yeah. No, it's true. Kids kids absolutely love screaming, so that makes a whole lot of sense. But, yeah, it does, it does seem like the dynamic of... Beetlejuice the property is very fragile and easy to break like it definitely was more enjoyable when you had Lydia around to sort of balance things and also there's an element of danger when she's there I guess where it's like oh no this kid is like a seventh grader (laughs) she is 12 years old and they're babysitting like a two-story monster like this could go very bad and you know that it won't because she's a 12 year old but like that babysitting episode is A heck of a first episode. Yeah, let's talk about it. We have to at some point. (laughs) What'd you think of Critter Sitters, the pilot episode, or maybe not the pilot, but the first episode of Beetlejuice the Animated Series? I will say animation-wise, I was really excited to see the first episode because I know that a lot of these shows, they'll kind of like pour the budget into the first episode to like get a really good looking, essentially like pilot that they can use in the intro, which I, I didn't realize that the first intro uses a lot of clips from the first episode. But right off the bat, it's just, we're assaulted with all of these terrible literal puns with the, this very choppily animated transformation sequence. It's true. Are you talking about how like Beetlejuice doesn't seem to be able to control the way that he transforms anymore? Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing in the show. I think that might just be the first episode. Yeah, I think that that's a problem that he's having in the first episode that he kind of figures out as it goes. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit actually of there's a character in Stephen Universe who like, like they can shapeshift, but they can't really control the way that their form manifests. And so it's like however they're feeling is how they will present themselves. And it's used in that show as a very like thematically relevant, cathartic, moment where this character like feels like a horrible person and so they turn in this giant monster and start destroying shit until they can like change their self-image of themselves okay that's fairly relatable i think yeah yeah it's it's great in steven universe but in the beetlejuice cartoon it's just kind of like oh beetlejuice is just like oh i'm such a baby and then he turns into a baby and it's like okay i guess this is what the episode is about is beetlejuice turns himself into a baby and lydia has to babysit him beetlejuice is literally baby Beetlejuice is literally baby for two minutes though like he turns back so quickly and then it becomes like a weird a few good men court case scene for 10 minutes it is that episode moves at such a breakneck speed and we get like a little bit of like lore for the cartoon series where apparently Beetlejuice was responsible for starting a war when he was a baby yeah Right, that's sort of what I was talking about with the parents thing. It's like, they're like, well, Beetlejuice canonically started the the pudding war, the great pudding war when he was a baby. 
and his parents are boring. And it's like, well, if you're going to like build on the lore, why, why is it this? I don't understand why the whole thing is like Beetlejuice is a baby is the most chaotic, terrifying being imaginable. You know, it's almost as if the people making this show weren't even thinking about the world that they were building in this show, the lore that they were laying down. (laughs) Well, I don't even know if I would say that because the show does seem to be made with a lot of love. Oh, yeah. Certainly, like, they could have phoned it in a lot more than they did. Like, the way that Beetlejuice is animated and his character design, the music in the show, the voice acting is pretty good. Like, I forget who is playing Beetlejuice, but he he does a pretty good job. So I looked up who played Beetlejuice. It is... uh... A Canadian guy, I believe, called Stephen Wiemet. Um, oh, okay. I checked out his other credits to see, like, I figured it would be one of those, like, 90s voices that does, like, everything. But no, right. uh, the uh, the biggest credit outside of Beetlejuice is he voices the Beast on Maggie and the Ferocious Beast, the old Nick Jr. show. Yeah, yeah, I've watched a lot of it. Mm -hmm. A great show. (laughs) We got to track him down and we got to get the crossover that we all deserve. (laughs) Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the show is very tongue-in-cheek about what they're doing and how it's different and similar to the movie. Like, This episode starts with a very weird scene of Beetlejuice trying to go shopping because he wants to buy an anniversary present for Lydia because they've known each other for a year. And it's like, well, you would think that if the movie has like a subplot where it's like this thousands of year old demon is going to try and make this girl his child bride, you would think that in the show they wouldn't like create jokes about them dating. They really danced around the term child bride, definitely a clear avoidance of the subject. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, her parents show up eventually and they're sort of just like as clueless and as shitty as they were in the movie. I guess that the idea is they don't know about Beetlejuice's existence, but like, I didn't see an episode where that came into play. Really. I checked out an episode 
I think it might have been season three where Beetlejuice turns into a dog. And um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> we get into more transformation rule issues there because mm-hmm. because he's wearing a dog collar, he's unable to transform back and he ends up being adopted by Lydia's mom and is their dog for an episode. It's, is Does he look like a dog or does he look like a dog body with Beetlejuice's face? He looks like an orange and black striped dog. And once again, the design is actually pretty cool. And his mom is like very much in love with him as a dog. And he tries everything to make her hate him. And she's just so proud of this Lydia's horrible mom, dog. Right? Not- oh yeah, Lydia's mom. Lydia's mom. Okay. And she's just so proud of everything he does, even though it's disgusting and horrible. And I got to say, as a dog owner, I can kind of relate to that. I mean, honestly, Beetlejuice has all the classic archetypes of a dog, right? He's smelly. He's energetic and chaotic. He shits on the floor a lot. What else do dogs do? Uh, He's definitely got some kind of like bug infestation issue. That's true. At least fleas. Yeah, I mean, he could eat dog food. I think he'd be fine doing that. I've tried dog food once. It was bland. Bland? I did not expect you to say bland. Bland in what way? Like it tasted like tuna if you ran water through it too much or what? Ah, I don't know how I would describe it. I'd recommend just just going for it. Just just a handful of dry food, just one day. Have something to wash it down because it's dry. This was recently you did this or this This was was, a child? This was in in college. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Classic uh, uh, fraternity initiation. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I think I just um, wanted to, like, irritate my friend because she had mm-hmm. expensive dog food and I was that brand of brat back then. <laughs> Let's see. Other differences from the movie to the cartoon. When Lydia wants to summon Beetlejuice, she has to do, like, a whole chant. Did you notice that? I did notice that. I don't know if that makes it outside of the first episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it seemed like they were doing it because it had much better animation and they could reuse it in every episode, so I expected them to use it a lot more. Um, sometimes she can just say Beetlejuice three times and he appears. Also, we really need to be careful not to say that too many times. Uh, I'm worried. Oh, that's true. I haven't even been thinking about this whole this whole podcast. We could be in so much trouble. Oh, no. But in that episode, she says, though I know I should be wary, still I venture somewhere scary, ghostly haunting, I turn loose, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And then a third time. Yeah, she says it three times, which we're not going to do. And I guess that maybe that's like her going to the nether realm instead of bringing him to her world. Maybe that's how it works. I'm not sure. It seems to work for just however she wants it to work. Like, maybe it's all about intention. Maybe it's like they're pulling in some, like, Wiccan influences. Like, they're setting intention first, or maybe that's not right. Wiccan. Maybe that's maybe I'm mixing my uh, my messages here. That's whatever they did in Midsummer. Oh, when's that animated series coming out? <laughs> oh, man, that would be really good. Like, inexplicably, her boyfriend would just be, like, walking around in a bear costume the entire movie, like, the entire <laughs> show. And she would just always be wearing, like, the flower crown. And I guess that it's supposed to be set on the day where everything goes down. But um, they just don't want you to think about it very much. Yeah. They just, they live together in a giant pyramid. God, ritual sacrifices every week. 
I don't know. This show's so weird. It's strange because, like, in the movie, they put so much heft and so much weight onto, like, don't summon Beetlejuice. It will cause the end of the world or kill you or hurt the people that you love or you'll get exercised or whatever. In the cartoon, it's literally just, like, Lydia's mom replaces her drapes with new pink drapes that she doesn't like that. So she's going to call Beetlejuice to, like, make them skulls again or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's serious stuff, honestly. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, she doesn't have any sort of income. Like, she's making two bucks an hour babysitting. So, like, it's not like she's going to go out and spend 50 bucks on some new drapes at, I don't know, where you where do you get skull drapes in 1989? Like, Hot Topic? That didn't really exist yet. Yeah, no, probably like, probably like the very back room of Sears. I assume that was the only store back then. They only had department stores. That's true. Or she sees like a lot of like soothsayers, you know, she she goes to a lot of like witchy sort of stores and and knows all the people that work there and gets a good discount on them. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, that could be whose kid she's babysitting, because I don't know who in their right mind would leave their baby with a 13 year old girl who hangs out with a demon all the time and is going to lose your baby in the netherworld. Like you'd have to be a little irresponsible, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, I probably wouldn't put that in my ad if I was a babysitter. I'd probably leave out the whole, I summon demons in my bedroom and I, you know, warp into other realities and I may or may not take your child with me. I would probably just not mention that up front. So it's stupid. She tells Beetlejuice, here's an element of Beetlejuice that's very strange in this cartoon is that they kind of turn him from like a devious, horrible demon into like, a penny-pinching, Ed Ed Nettie saving up quarters 12-year-old going out to mow lawns to earn a couple bucks to go out and buy candy or something. Yeah, that is always a challenge with these things, to make, like, these adult characters into completely new but somewhat familiar characters that have different motivations altogether. Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting that, like, they make his whole thing in the show like he's he's greedy, like he always wants cash. That's why he enters the beauty pageant. It's why he becomes a babysitter. So he kind of like takes Lydia's lead and is like, well, if Lydia can earn two that two dollars an hour babysitting, then I'll just babysit a bunch of monsters in my world by literally sitting on them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's his whole gag is that he thinks he's supposed to excellent, sit on them. That's... Excellent joke. You know, it was really, <sighs> really needed to be repeated God. several times throughout the episode. All of the puns in the show, like he'll just be walking around and run into a mime and then he'll scare the mime just so that he can say, point at the mime and be like, "Ugh, silent scream star, huh? And it's like, what? What are you doing, Beetlejuice? What is your life? So yeah, he's babysitting all these babies, things go amuck, and he he gets put in a cage, and he's going to be set, fed to the sandworms, but like, Lydia convinces everybody that he's actually good somehow. It was all stupid. It was just really stupid, honestly. <laughs> Beetlejuice's whole thing was that he wanted to babysit so that he could earn money so that he could give Lydia an anniversary present. For their friendship, not for their weird child bride relationship. That's right, for their friendship, and it's definitely not weird, even if it's just a 12-year-old hanging out with a thousand-year-old demon, that still gets into some very dicey territory. <laughs> <laughs> like, generally, adults shouldn't be hanging out with 12-year-olds they're not related to anyway, but um, go off, Beetlejuice animated series, whatever. What did you think of this show? Would you watch this again? Was this a fun trip down memory lane? 
When I first started watching it in preparation for this, I was ready for a show that I used to really love. Remember how like kind of like funny and like fast action it was. And I was immediately annoyed by how the show was. Then I just kind of let them play and let let more episodes play. And I kind of got into it. Like some of the humor like actually started to get me. I hate to say it, but cheesy puns are kind of what I love. And I started to realize as I watched it more, there's a lot of like influences of Looney Tunes in there with a lot of like physical comedy and not all of it lands, but I don't know. I think, uh, I think it works for what it was. I don't think I'm going to be rushing out to buy the complete series. I, I almost did in preparation for this, but... Yeah, you were telling me how excited you were for that, but now you've changed your mind. Seeing the big numbers, three and zero, for how much it cost, I just I just couldn't throw down that kind of money on... $3,000? Uh, $30. Oh, okay. I bought a Switch instead. <laughs> <laughs> this cartoon, a lot like the Mask animated series that I watched a couple months ago is actually really fun, and I wish that I would have watched it as a kid separated entirely from the source material. Because, yeah, it doesn't really live up to your expectations of what it should be based on the movie, which is just a, a great movie in general. But it's fun. Like, it is it is very Looney Tunes. I can see those kinds of influences, and the characters are really neat. The character design especially is neat. And it's just fun to see, like... Like we were talking about, kids just love screaming. And there's a lot of screaming. Yeah, there's just a lot of nonsensical yelling and people changing into babies and and dressing up like women to sneak into a talent show. And you're like, this is a good show. I had fun with it. It's the perfect preparation for entering the adult world. I don't know about that. I'm, basically I'm, I'm what my life by has that been. State. Okay, great. <laughs> so this, this show rings true to form for you. Um, oh, totally. Best friends with a 12-year-old. What else? Uh, hmm. Your your friend is a cowboy monster. Your parents are a Frankenstein and a zombie. Basically. Great. Well, that is the Beetlejuice animated series. Marcy, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it was fun. Um, where can people find you online? I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Um, I have comics on Tumblr and my handle for all of those is Marcy King Ultra. Great. And I'm on Twitter at Stop Tweeting Mia. Thank you everybody for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host Mia Marchant and I'm here if you need to talk. Cactus juice, cactus juice, cactus juice. Yeah, chartreuse, chartreuse, chartreuse. Uh, blue suede shoes. Everybody's trying to summon Cartoon Network's newest star. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! But it helps if you get his name right. Sunday at 1, it's Beetlejuice! Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.